0: Good morning. Well, this is definitely not what I pictured the last Sunday of Advent looking like. If you're watching this, you probably saw the announcement we sent through email yesterday. But just in case you didn't see it, we had to cancel service because several people on staff have COVID, including myself. Uh, Both Sarah and I have it. So I wasn't going to be able to be present to preach and we weren't gonna be able to set up our sound or our video projection. So unfortunately, doing this live stream was our only real option for this morning. And I'll be honest, that's very disappointing for me. I'm not happy about it. The Advent series, or Advent um, services are usually some of my favorite services of the entire year. So I'm bummed, um, but we just have to try and make do, uh, make the best of it. So earlier this week, I wasn't sure if I would be able to offer anything today because I felt so miserable. I definitely uh, was feeling the sickness uh, for about three days. Uh, Sarah really was as well, but I started feeling a lot better on Saturday. And um, right now I just have a little bit of a cough and I'm smelling vinegar, even though there's no vinegar. So that's weird. Um, But otherwise, fever's gone. Everything is is good. So uh, Sarah's doing better as well. Um, So we're going to continue our Advent series uh, right now. It'll be shorter than usual, given the circumstances, but hopefully better than nothing. The Advent series uh, I've been doing is called Seasonal Signs, where every week we consider something that we tend to experience this time of year, and we consider how that thing can point beyond itself to gospel truth. So, two weeks ago, we talked about the experience of waiting Last week, we talked about Christmas trees, and this week's seasonal sign is lights. Of course, this time of year, there are lights everywhere. I tried to find out if there's a stat out there on about how many Americans decorate the outside of their homes, and uh, I couldn't find anything. I imagine it's probably a little bit lower this year than uh, on average, given the rising costs of electricity. But even with that, there are many homes that are decorated with lights. And, um, of course, you see through the windows Christmas trees adorned with with lights. Um, in town centers, public places, um, they're decorated with lights. Main streets are decorated with lights. We see them everywhere. And the question I want to pose for us today is, when you see all those lights, what do they represent to you? What do they mean to you? Do they have any significance beyond just, oh, it's, you know, to celebrate Christmas? Well, what I want to encourage you to do as you drive around and see those lights is to let them remind you of the prologue to the Gospel of John. This is a passage that we go back to often at St. Paul's, very important passage. And specifically, there are two lines from that prologue that I want you to think of. So the first one is John 1.9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Christmas is the moment when that happened, the moment when the true light that gives light to everyone came into the world. So, what better time to string up lights everywhere than Christmas? Now, why does John call Jesus the true light? When John uses the word light, he means something more than luminosity. Light is a metaphor for goodness, righteousness beauty, truth, all of which ultimately comes from God. And what John seems to be saying is that every person has had some amount of exposure to this light, the light of God, because the true light gives light to everyone. So how do we experience this light? Well, first of all, it just comes to us through the gift of life. Uh, We experience the light of God in our sense of moral conscience, however imperfect our sense might be. Uh, It comes to us in that voice, that internal voice that calls us toward love and forgiveness and justice and mercy, and that recognizes the value of those things. It comes to us in the beauty of nature and in the Enjoyment of things like good food and music and stories. All people who live experience some measure of the light that shines from God. Even though lives can be absolutely filled with darkness in this world, to live is to have some experience of the light of God. Because the true light shines on everyone, gives light to everyone. And as Christians, we make an incredible and beautiful claim, which is that the source of all goodness, righteousness, beauty, and truth took on humanity and entered into the world in the person of Jesus. And because of that, we can know the source of all goodness, righteousness, beauty, and truth personally, not just as an idea, but as a person through Jesus. So as you look at those beautiful lights this year, think the true source of all that is good and beautiful came into the world. The other line from John's prologue that I want you to think of is chapter one, verse five, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. John wants us to think of Jesus's entrance into the world like an eruption of light into the darkness this eruption of light which is so much more powerful than that darkness as we go through life <clears throat> most of us experience times where the light seems thin and the darkness seems very thick we hear about the goodness of god but then we see the brokenness of the world and of our churches. Uh, we see war and disease, mental illness, drug overdoses, school shootings, gun violence. Uh, in our, in our culture, people seem unable to come to a consensus on almost anything. So we see. Uh, misinformation and inability to agree on basic facts. We see tribalism and anger and judgmentalism and suspicion. Uh, The darkness can seem very powerful and overwhelming. But John says, into that darkness, the light shines. It shines through Jesus and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, when John wrote this, word, those words there, they weren't just wishful thinking. He was one of the 12 disciples. So he wrote as someone who had witnessed Jesus come back from the dead. He witnessed the forces of darkness try to snuff out the light by crucifying Jesus. But he saw firsthand that the darkness did not overcome Jesus, right? Because the light erupted into the darkness even brighter when Jesus rose to life again. The metaphor of light and dark is perfect because light really is stronger than darkness. I mean, physically darkness doesn't have any existence at all. Uh, You know, and this is how you know this. Let's say there are two rooms and they're separated by a solid door. One is pitch black and one is filled with light. If the door between them gets opened, what's gonna happen? Is the light room going to get darker, or is the dark room going to get lighter? The answer is obvious, right? The dark room is going to get lighter. Light flows into darkness. Darkness doesn't flow into light. If the light is present, it wins over the darkness. There's no way around it. Maybe this year has been hard for you. Maybe the last few years have been hard for you. They have been for most people. But however hard they've been, every year, Christmas is when we are invited to remember that no matter how thick the darkness feels, the light of Christ has shone into it and is shining into it. And will not be overcome. Now, is that light always obvious? No, I don't think so. A lot of the time it's subtle. After all, we believe that the light entered the world through a baby born in a small town to poor parents, laid in a feeding trough for animals because there was nowhere else for him to stay. We believe that his glory was first revealed to shepherds who were people of poor reputation at the time, nobodies. So the Christmas story is a reminder that God likes to work through humble means, right? But God's weakness is stronger than the world's strength and his foolishness is wiser than the world's wisdom and the darkness cannot overcome it. Now, some of you may have heard a different translation of that verse, which says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not understood it. And you might be wondering, well, what's the correct translation? Well, the word that's being translated there can be legitimately translated either way. Uh, Literally, it means something like grasp. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not grasped it. Now, some translations interpret that grasping as the darkness trying to overcome the light. So to grasp it is like grabbing a firefly in your hand and squishing it. And other translations interpret the grasping in a cognitive way, like when we say, I don't grasp what you're saying. Recently, I read an Advent devotional from Christianity Today that argued that when the Greek word is used here, both senses are intended. So the article argued that both translations are correct, but they're both incomplete. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, They're both incomplete because they're only saying part. Of what it's saying, right? So yes, John is saying that the darkness cannot overcome the light, but he's also saying that the darkness can't understand Jesus. The darkness doesn't get him. The author of the devotional, uh, Carolyn Arends says, darkness cannot begin to grasp the love on offer in the astonishing fact of the incarnation. Darkness cannot begin to grasp the love on offer in the astonishing fact of the incarnation. The forces of darkness value power, money, and fame more than truth, righteousness, and love. And so Jesus makes absolutely no sense to them. They look at Jesus and say, I don't get it. and human beings, when we're thinking in a completely natural way without the influence of God's spirit, we also don't get it. You know, we can't understand why would God humble himself like that? Why would he take on flesh and be born to a poor family? Why would he gain a following, but then not lead an uprising against Rome? Uh, Why would he Possess miraculous powers, but not use them to overthrow his enemies? Why would he allow himself to die a horrible death on a cross? Darkness can't understand that kind of love. So, when you see lights this time of year, don't just be reminded that the light of Christ is more powerful than the darkness. That's important. But also remember the love of Christ defies normal human comprehension. It's not reasonable. It's not logical. It's better than that. Darkness cannot understand it. I think this particular truth is represented well by the more extravagant light displays that some people put up. Those displays aren't reasonable, are they? People risk bodily harm setting them up. They spend a ton of money on the lights, and especially on the electricity. The bigger the display, the more money. And it's all completely unnecessary, right? There's no law that says they have to do it, but they do it. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying we all should be putting up these extravagant light displays. I'm not saying that we shouldn't either. All I'm saying is when you see them, think As extravagant as that is, the love expressed through the Incarnation is even more so. It defies understanding. Let's pray. (coughs) Lord, we thank you for the gift of your Son, the true light that came into the world, the light that shines in the darkness, the love that is better than we can comprehend however thick the darkness may feel right now. Remind us of the truth that your light is stronger. Increase our faith, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, like I said, much shorter than usual. Um, A couple of uh, quick announcements uh, before we, we finish. First, please remember... Our worship service for this coming week is on Christmas Eve, 4 to 5 p.m. So not Christmas Day. We don't have a a service Christmas Day. We have a Saturday night service, not Sunday morning. Uh, Second announcement, we decided to do something a little bit different on New Year's Day. So New Year's Day this year is a Sunday. But instead of having the usual morning service, we're planning on having a evening service, which will, like the Christmas Eve service, it will start at four. So we hope you can join us to start off this new year in the best way, by worshiping together. And then uh, number three, I just want to thank all of you who stuck around after service last Sunday to wrap the gifts for Angel Tree. All did a great job, and um, the, those uh deliveries are going to be happening this week. We got a little bit off schedule because of uh, my illness, <clears throat> but it looks like we're still going to be able to get those out in time. So, if you think of it, just pray that uh, that God would guide the teams as they go out and in their conversations with the families, um, and that. Through each delivery, those kids, those families would be more connected to their incarcerated uh, parents and to Jesus. And uh, lastly, as always, if you have a request that you want the prayer team to pray for, please submit it through uh, the form in the comments below or just by emailing me, uh, ryan at stpaulswire.org. Um, So I really hope to see you on Christmas Eve. And if I don't, have a very merry and hopefully healthy Christmas. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.